When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on January 4th, 2023. Nice. Happy birthday to my wife. Happy birthday to Victoria. Happy 25th birthday. Halfway to 30 in her 20s. That's what I like to tell people. Wow. That's what I told Riley last year. Halfway to 50 if we want to count it that way. (laughs) She's uh, halfway up the hill to being over the hill. Wow. That's crazy. Um, She can see the top of the hill from the hill. (laughs) Um. First podcast of the new year, Ty, and we have potentially a um, polarizing conversation ahead of us as we were reviewing the movie that was getting a lot of Oscar buzz, a lot of Best Picture buzz, maybe even some acting buzz, I don't know, that has not really lived up to expectations for a lot of critics. That is Babylon, or as mm-hmm. I like to call it, Baby Lion. Baby, there's no I. Babylon. Um, look, I went solace before you. Told you some things. You went and saw it after me. Told me some things. Yeah. Things were said. Without giving it away too much. And I just, uh, we don't disagree a lot on this podcast. And this might be uh, one of the ones we do, sir. It's going to be fun. Let's get in the show. 60% of the time, it works every time. Don Samos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. I don't do so, I'm not fucking leaving. The show goes on. Set in early Hollywood, Babylon follows the rise to fame and fall from stardom during an era where movies were changed forever with the introduction of sound. Babylon. What do you think of that synopsis, Jay? Better than some of the other ones you've... Did you write that? Fuck yeah, I did. 2023, new year, new me. All right, I'm going to be honest, Ty. I wasn't listening. Can you say it again? You motherfucker. I always tone out your synopsis. I fucking told you I had a surprise ready. (laughs) Set in early Hollywood, Babylon follows the rise to fame and fall from stardom during an era where movies were changed forever with the introduction of sound. That's pretty good. Yeah, I thought so. That's pretty good. That's not bad, right? That's better than... uh, what you normally read. Where do you usually get your synopsis from? Like I'm, I honestly usually just Google like Babylon synopsis and then whatever Google gives me. All right. So we'll compare that to this one, which is decadence, depravity, depravity, and outrageous excess lead to the rise and fall of several ambitious dreamers in 1920s Hollywood. Look, this is a this was a tough task to go up for like my first one. Like every, all the other ones, like the murder mystery, it just lies to you about what the story is. Yeah. This yeah. one's just like a vague, good description, and you know, I, I said I had to do it with this one, so I made my own, and I'm proud of what I did. I'm proud of you too, Ty. That was actually uh, pretty good. Thank it you. It was so good that when you were first reading it, I didn't 
realize it yeah. was yours. You just zoned out. You didn't even. Yeah, I thought it was uh, just the regular one. But no, that was pretty good. That sounded like a real synopsis. Um, I'm proud of you. Love that. And I think uh, you got a big future ahead of you as a synopsis writer. Can't wait for next week. Um, yeah, that'll be a good one for you to write. Babylon, <laughs> 55% Rotten Tomatoes critic score. Yep. 50% audience. Um, it's not getting received well, despite, you know, kind of being a, an Oscar favorite. I would, I would argue it's getting received uh, just as well as it is getting received not well, because it's exactly at 50, Jay. It's a, it's a split, split decision. (sighs) If that's how you want to look at it, Ty, (laughs) um, directed by Mr. Uh, Damien Chazelle, who also directed, uh, Oscar winning film, La La Land. Did it win an Oscar? Oh yeah. Did it win Best Picture? No, that was the one that fake won Best Picture, and okay. I just said it. Just kidding, it was Moonlight. Okay, but um, we got some Best Actors in there, some other shit. Yeah, it's it's a star-studded movie. Um, there was a lot of you know uh, anticipation for this film. Um, obviously, it didn't do anything in the box office. Just no one is watching this. Yeah, um, which I will be. Su- I will. I was surprised that when I went, there was actually not a full theater, but twenty-five percent full. I, that was which I was thing. shocked. By. I went on a Tuesday, which is like Discount Tuesday, and it was a small theater, but like there was a decent amount of people in there. I have a feeling this is a movie where like its third week is going to be like its second week. Well, I don't think so because it's not getting received well. If it was getting received well, I I would agree a hundred percent with you. That's fair, but pe- I don't know. People are going to see the scores. It's not going to spread word of mouth. It's only at. Excuse me, 11 million box office. This is just domestic. There's no international. And this was a film that had an estimated budget of 78 to 80 million. Yeah. Now, this film isn't, I don't, every film wants to make money. Um, you know, so to say, like, I, I saw um, Ken Jack of that Barstool podcast say how the point of this movie is not necessarily to make money, but to win awards. Like, yes, that is true, but the studio still wants to at least break even. It doesn't yeah. want to spend eighty million and only make eleven million. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not going to be happy about this at, at all. Um, so you know, a disappointment there. A weird time to release it, I think. Um, Christmas, yeah. you're going up against you know Avatar. Yeah, was like a month ago, but it's still you know going strong. You got to know better though than to um, go up against the fucking juggernaut of Avatar. Yeah, which just crossed one point four bill. It's probably the top grossing movie of twenty twenty two, I believe. Um, you know, went up against. I mean, Glass Onion's not a theater release, but there actually wasn't that many Christmas movies this year. Usually there's more, I feel like. But still a weird time to release this type of film. Um, I don't know when else you would release it that makes sense on the calendar. Like, But I just I, – I don't know if I would have released it here. Now that I look at it, I don't know. There actually hasn't been like – I feel like every year Disney always has like a big Christmas release. I guess Avatar because I think yeah. Disney is like the distributor or whatever. Yeah. So no, I guess that is their big, their big release. I don't know. Weird time to release it. You know, families want to go with their kids and whatever, go see a movie. This is not a movie you're going to see with any kids, um, unless you're the father who took his two 10-year-olds to Jackass 4D. Fuck yeah. Um, he might have went and saw this with them. <laughs> now they're 11, um, so they're they're mature enough for <laughs> they this. They were ready type. for this kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, a lot of buzz and not received well. I mean, I'm, I'm on Variety.com, and I'm looking at, you know, the top Oscar favorites. I think I said this last week. I don't know when this was written or updated. It doesn't have a date on it. December 22nd was the last time it was updated, so about two weeks ago. Um, Is that before this released? I think right around the same time. Yeah. Um, oh, Babylon actually went way down. Never mind. It was in the top five, I remember, and it is now 11th outside of the uh, – there's a group and the predicted nominees are. 
Um, Babylon is the first one out of that. Oh. So it's obviously taken a skid. Um, if you want to know those 10 movies, Ty. Number one, Top Gun Maverick. Oh, I fucking love that. If that Jay, movie like, I'm not e- best picture. I'm not even joking. I feel like there's a good chance that it does. Because that was like the box office hit that brought people back to the fucking movies. And like Oscar yeah. snobs like getting people in the theater. They're going to fucking they're going to love that. It just yeah. I mean, with the new way they do it, I absolutely think it has a chance with the whole ranking system. Instead of just picking your best movie. Yeah. Top Gun Maverick's a movie that I don't think a lot of people are going to rank very low. Even if someone doesn't pick it as their best, even if it's more of a, a film snobber, you know, whatever that wants the Fablemans or the Banshees of Ed Sheeran, which are number two and three respectively, um, Top Gun Maverick's still going to probably rank at worst middle of the pack. And then there's going to be people who obviously rank it high. Yeah. Um, and it just depends what people rank. I mean, if we're talking about cultural impact, we're talking about the impact with the world and coming back from COVID and all of that, like it's up there, you know, I'm going to be so happy. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, we got those three, everything, everywhere all at once is four. Tar is five. That's foreign. Elvis six, avatar seven, woman talking eight, black Panther, Wakanda forever nine, all quiet on the Western front 10. And obviously a lot of these things can change. I feel like this has been a little bit of a thin movie year, but I don't know. No, I, I think we've seen better, but I think there's probably a couple of gems sprinkled in there that we haven't watched yet. Yeah. I'm excited to watch uh banshees of Ed Sheeran. I've heard specifically good things. We need to, uh, find a date for that but i'm looking at like best actor you know favorites um they actually, brandon frazier is very high on that list he's gonna win whale. he's gonna he win. has to that's a movie we have to see as well yeah. um <laughs> as what as <laughs> um i don't, actually don't see um brad pitt on this list at all for best actor best supporting oh actor? he would be supporting yeah and margot robbie's probably lead yeah. with diego let me let me find this real quick oh yeah because the diego's the the main in this um but best um Actress, Margot Robbie, they rank fifth for Babylon. So along okay. with Michelle Yeoh from Everything Everywhere at Once, Kate Blanchett from Tar, Michelle Williams from The Fablemans, and Danielle, Danielle Deadweiler from Till. So hmm. she's getting buzzed. She might at least get nominated. Best Supporting Actor, scrolling down here, Killing Time. Brad Pitt, number seven, next Ooh. in line. So still like, you know, a top ten performance if we're using this article. Um yeah, don't hate that. But so I had this buzz, and obviously it's not getting received well. And a lot of the times we'll see maybe these types of movies get really high critic scores, but maybe not so high audience scores. And that's what surprises me the most is that the critic score is so low. Um, Especially a movie like this. Like, this movie's whole purpose is to jerk off. Like, it's it's so self-indulgent of, I'm going to make a movie about making movies. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, look how much fucking crazy. Like, look at us. Look at us. Yeah. And you would think that that's the thing that's going to get love, and it just it hasn't. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's just too long. Three hours too and much. nine minutes. Very long runtime. Um, I don't know. I, I My initial takeaway, without spoiling my score and everything, is I didn't love this film, Ty. Yeah. I, there's areas of this film I respect. Um. But then there's also areas of this film where I feel like I understand what the point and the purpose was, but then I still didn't like it. And I don't even know if it's a failure of execution. I don't know if it's a subject matter that I don't really care about. Like, And it's just like, again, just felt like the director was just like, oh, Hollywood, we're so great. Let's talk about <laughs> this. Um, and I don't know. I just, I just – it wasn't – 
It was fuck. It was long. It was very long, and I will not. It felt long. I thought Avatar felt long. This felt even longer. Avatar felt shorter than this. I will say that. Yeah. Avatar was an easier three hours than this was. <laughs> um, but I went into this expecting to hate it. Like I was physically fucking dreading watching a three-hour movie that had bad reviews. <laughs> um, and I went there and I got my popcorn and I watched the movie. Oh, you got some popcorn this time? Of course I did. Well, I know you said you were. You know, not eating it as much because your stomach, it hurts your tummy. That just means I get a medium instead of a large. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I left this, and I, I I liked it. I liked the movie. I get why people don't like it. Like, this is the most – I think we're going to disagree on our scores, and I'm not going to fault you for any of your opinions on it, except for maybe one category where I don't see how you could shit on it um, too aggressively. But outside of that, like, I, I liked the movie. It was long. But I feel like it was intentional. Like, there was a lot going on. And could you trim this down to a two-and-a-half-hour movie easily? Yeah. And and make it much better? Yes. And I do think it's going to lose some credit for that. But I think the subject matter, the performances, a uh, couple of scenes were just fantastic. Uh, obviously, you know, Damien Chazelle knows how to make really, really good movies and high-quality productions and everything. Like, La La Land is fucking gorgeous never seen it um incredible film and this kind of is with that with just chaotic scenes and one shots and one shots galore throughout this fucking movie (laughs) let me tell you spoiler alert that's gonna get some love somewhere um i i i didn't have an issue with it i thought it was too long but i think overall i very much liked what they did with this film i'm blown away that critics don't like it i don't know if it's just like a like i'm a pea brain I don't get your pea brain. Yeah, like smart people are like, no, it's actually pretty stupid, and I'm just like, no, it's actually like good. Like I don't get it. If anything, I feel like I'm bigger I've, brain than the critics. Yeah, I thought you would take a big brain approach to this. No, that's why I'm so confused though, because all the big brain guys aren't loving it. You know who would love this film probably? Who? Armin White. Don't say that. He hasn't reviewed it yet, but I can no, see him like he's not going to like this film. No way. <laughs> um, we'll find some way to shit on it. If you thought this movie was good, though, if this had a 96% and you came in with a different expectations, would your feelings be different? Maybe. But, like, honestly, I was going in expecting it to just be, like, a miserable drag of a movie. And, like, I honestly, I need to appreciate going to the theaters more. I had a great theater for this. Everyone was laughing. Everyone was having a good time. Like, really? I told you, it was a decent, like, I'd say a third full. Like, it was hard to, like, it wasn't hard to get tickets, but I couldn't get just, like, the best seat every fucking time. Like, I had to sit in the top row. It was fine. And everyone was having a good time with it. So, like, I I don't know. It made it very, fairly enjoyable. People, are, What were they laughing at in this film? I don't think I laughed once. No. You missed the whole fucking scene then when they, like, the first time she's on set and they're trying to record with microphones and it's, like, take 12 and they keep fucking it up and the one guy sneezes and... Did not think that was funny. No. Mm-mm. You're fucking crazy. That was incredible. He was, like, flipping out. He's ready to fucking... Murder someone and the guy just dies being stuck in the box. That's fucking great. I think that's like every all the reviews that I've heard of this movie, like even people shitting on it were like, it's got a couple of really good scenes, but the rest yeah. is bad. I'm not saying the scene's bad. I'm just, it was not funny. That scene is fantastic. Wow. I th- Fantastically to, funny? Very funny, very well done, but all of it, all of the above. That scene okay. in particular, great scene. Okay. We need to get into the categories here because we need to discuss some things. All right. Well, what would you give it plot slash story, Ty? Why did you give it a 20? 
Come on now, I'm not being ridiculous here. But it's a good movie. Uh, it's too long. That's going to get damaged in the plot. You can cut some of the fluff. You basically follow around four people. You got Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, uh, <laughs> Manny Torres, and then for a brief moment, Sidney Palmer as like the add-on fourth that I don't think you really need, but you kind of just get pieces of him throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, you could probably remove the whole Sidney, Sidney Palmer plotline. Clean this up a little bit. Really? I would think I interesting. Okay. It's just it's the most tacked on. Either make that more of a focus or get rid of it. Interesting. Okay. Either way, I like I kind of felt like I liked his story the best, but continue. No fucking way. I'm shocked right now. Uh you just there's stuff that you could get make better about this, but I like that you follow different people at different points in their careers. You have Brad Pitt who's already a star, has been a star for fucking ever with silent films and then you get this introduction and it's how he handles that fall from fucking grace and no one cares about him. They're they're literally laughing at him in the theater. You get Margot Robbie who's a flash in the pan and then you get the producer who this change does the opposite for him and he fucking blows up to stardom and becomes a fucking top exec and it's it's all these different levels of how this affected different people who all knew each other and, and connected in the industry and then the the Palmer character you see kind of the introduction of with music making music the main part of these films and like the first music videos essentially yep um i like that they showed all the different asset you know facets of that and and how that change affected an entire industry could have been cut a lot but I gave it a 14. <laughs> not great. It's not in the upper tier. I gave it a 14. I think that the way they showcased everything, it worked for me. Way too long. If you cut 45 minutes off of this, it jumps two points. So the thing I liked about the Sidney Palmer part of it was he was the only one that um, broke free from the Hollywood machine, stood for his morals, and he's the only one that, I mean, I Manny think- Torres survives. But, I mean, he's the only one whose life doesn't get uprooted and chaotic and everything. That's fair. Um, Look, I understand what the overall story was. I understand it's a story of the fallen grace of the Hollywood machine, the different points, the different dynamics, how it chews you up and it spits you out and it leaves you behind and no one really cares. Um, I get all that. And And some of the scenes were nice in describing that and everything. I just feel like... The, the sum of the parts did not equal the whole. I feel like he had this big, grandiose kind of idea, but there was just so much in this that, like, felt pointless, that felt like it was. There's some really key scenes, I think, like you said, but then there's also a lot of stuff where it's just like, okay, like, you know, and I just don't like how it was um, executed in that way. So while I respect the plot and the story he was trying to tell. I guess I respect the story, not the plot. I respect the plot, not the story. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whichever way you want to take it. I mean, you have the whole, you know, you have the performer girl, you know, um, Lady Faizu. I don't yeah. understand what that whole thing was about. Not necessary. Get rid of it. Um, And, like, I, I, I get, I don't know. It just felt like there was a lot in this movie that was not needed. And there's a lot of times where it's like, oh, I understand why they kept this in. I understand why they kept that in. And this just kind of felt like, I don't know, maybe a director getting a little bit too, um, I don't want to say narcissistic, but liking his own movie too much and like, hey, we can't cut that. Hey, we can't cut that. I wonder how much they did cut. 
This might have been the, the long version. I don't know. <laughs> um, I only gave it an eight, tie. I Ugh, gave yeah, it points for the overall story and what they were trying to tell and kind of you walk away from it and you think about it and you're like, okay, I understand. But I feel like the average moviegoer, even a movie like Avatar Way of Water, there's almost a way where this is where you get higher plot slash story points unless you're a murder mystery like Last Sunny, which was just fantastic. It's like you're telling almost a complex story, an idea, but you're telling it in a simplistic way almost to get the average audience to understand it. I don't know if we, we get that with Babylon. Yeah, we see Brad Pitt commit suicide and we see Margot Robbie. You know, I'm assuming she gets hit by a car. I don't know what happens to her. <laughs> she just disappears, um, which is kind of like a flash in the pan. She just disappears well, She dies like years later. Oh, that's right. They did say that yeah. found dead at 34 or whatever. Yeah. Um, but she might have been 34. That She might have been found dead that night. It's true. We actually didn't like ever figure that out. So I understand all that. And like some people be like, okay, but I just feel like everything in the middle was just like not good. It didn't go towards it. I don't know. I, I think there's a lot to remove from it, but I do think the over, the overall goal of what he was trying to achieve was the full experience of the, the changes and the interwoven storylines and everything. And, it could be cleaned up so much better, but I think I am giving it more points for the overall. I just feel like you lose a lot of people, though, with how he made this. And again, I understand why people wouldn't like it, and I agree with that. It didn't lose me. <laughs> I, I was I was Sorry, hooked. big brain, Tyler. I, I, I just, I don't know why, but I was hooked. I liked all the scenes. The scene where he has to go and, like, get the fucking camera before the sun sets and everything gets fucked up. And it's like a race, and then he gets it, and you finally get that shot at sunset, right, as the fucking fire's happening while Margot Robbie's becoming a star for the first time and, like, doing the crying scene and everything. And there's so much that's, like, storytelling-wise so chaotic in between the the pauses that I kind of – it worked for me. There's, like, a rise and fall kind of thing throughout it with the pacing, and I think they're – Tobey Maguire doesn't need to be in this movie at all. So unnecessary. Yeah, uh, and I know that's like how they end it, but like end it some other way. You yeah. don't need that. And like the the rattlesnake fighting scene, like you could have done something to show how fucking crazy and off the fucking rails she was. Without that, that took two minutes versus <laughs> a fifteen minute scene. Yeah, and like there is stuff to remove from it, but I do think overall the storylines and everything work for me. They connect well, um, and I I don't hate the pacing. It didn't feel like a fucking drag. It was a long movie. It didn't feel like a drag. Interesting. But I get it. I do get how you lose some people. Yeah, I'm just reading some of these reviews. I actually haven't looked at any of these reviews right now. It's very like... I kind of feel like other people are saying what I'm saying, so that actually makes me feel a little bit of smart. A little bit of smart. <laughs> a little smart. You, they're right, and a lot of people are, but I think it's it's so... Like, people are fucking loving it, or people are hating it. Yeah, it is I a- feel like half of these people are saying what you're saying, and the other half are saying what I'm saying. It's an aggressive 50 from the critics. <laughs> it is a polarizing movie. This says the rare three-hour movie you could watch twice in a row. A-. minus. Wow. It's the most glamorous film about how unglamorous filmmaking is ever made. Yeah, it's very, it is a very polarizing film, that's for sure. This is a film that won't do well in the new rock Oscar ranking system because... Oh, Some no. people might rank it first, but a lot of people might rank it yeah. last. No, this has no fucking chance. <laughs> um, visual cinematography tie. Look, it's it's a it's a brilliantly shot movie. It's um, there's a lot in it, but a, there's a lot that's done well. 
um, just a real attention to detail, just the set pieces, the creating the atmosphere, the camera work, um, the chaotic nature. That might be a little bit too much, but using it, using the cinematography to relay that. I, I mean, I can't lie and say this wasn't a beautifully shot, well-made film, and that's why I got Oscar buzz in the first place. Um, I originally added an 18, but then I remember there's some one shots, so it got up to a 19. I appreciate that you respected that and you weren't like bittered by the rest of it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to 19 as well. It's shot beautifully. The one shots through the fucking like party at the beginning mm-hmm. and stuff. You know how fucking hard that has to be Pretty with hard. all with all these different people coming in and like interacting throughout this scene of just chaos and people fucking and people naked and a camera just like shooting through a house. It's incredible. It's so I fucking love one shots. They don't make any sense. They hurt my brain on how people pull them off. Yeah, I mostly thought of the one when Brad Pitt, um, his character committed suicide at the end. Incredible. And you just follow him up, and then you like kind of up the stairs. The and camera like stops at the wall, but then like slowly peeks into the door, and gorgeous. You see him walk by and everything. So, um, it was brilliantly, beautifully shot. I can't deny that for one. One second, tie, And there's another movie I feel like we watched, reviewed recently. We've actually reviewed a lot of um, very cinematic movies here recently. Mm. We've given two 20s in the past, like, five weeks. Um, damn, I gave Top Gun Maverick a 20 for visuals. There's some practical. There's some not deserving 20s in here. I will say that. Okay. Um, not going to say movies because I don't want to say it. But No slam. Oh, don't worry, darling. That was the one I was thinking of. Another movie that didn't necessarily... For me, hit its marks, but was shot beautifully, and yeah. it got points for that. Both movies involved Olivia Wilde. This so one, there's I don't, a common trend. I don't even want to give her credit for this one. She just like is a cameo. Based on my score, this actually kind of just seems like it's a slightly better. Uh, don't worry, darling, for me. Wow. <laughs> I so with this too, I think it was shot beautifully. The soundtrack was incredible. It really felt like that. It puts you in that time period and the the chaos with the music and everything and the high fucking energy of the parties and the slow moments and then uh, heavily, heavily, like I kind of forgot that it was the La La Land director throughout. And then like, I heard the music and shit and I was like, Oh yeah, no, this is him. Cause it's very similar in, in the tone that it sets with the music and the soundtrack. And I'm going to give some love for that. Cause the soundtrack can make or break a movie. It can. That being said, I didn't really notice the soundtrack. No, didn't think about it. I'm not saying it was bad, but I mean, it's a good thing if I didn't notice. Um, you bringing it up before the podcast was the first time I like thought about the soundtrack. I'll be honest with you. Upon a rewatch, because I know you're going to want to rewatch this. <laughs> hmm. Sure. <laughs> You'll notice it, because it's wonderful. It's very, very, very good in the way that it, it sets the scenes, I feel like. Maybe you just break it up into like three, like a TV show, miniseries. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Ty. Visuals are good. You think the story is good. What is the key elements of this film? That's the part to me I struggled with the most. And based on the category itself, if I struggle with key elements, it's not a good sign. It's a comedy drama history on IMDb. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes categorizes it as a comedy drama. And I feel like that it's kind of a fake biopic on these three characters. I don't know how fake I didn't do any research regarding that. I think it's completely fictitious. Um, kind of like a comedy biopic that follows them around with, with you know period piece on these characters and tells the story of, of that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think this is something where it kind of got 
muddied a little bit. I think it's very funny at points. I think it's Disagree. emotional and dramatic at points, but I think this is where it was kind of a bit much. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It was all over the place, but you didn't like certain scenes in this that are hilarious, which blows me away. I didn't say I didn't like the scenes. You didn't laugh at hilarious. Scenes. I didn't laugh once in this. Um, I will say I'm right now removing one point. Don't start this movie with an elephant shitting on someone. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that falls into key elements. Uh, it's I think comedy. It add to it, and I think that's supposed to like set the tone. Like, oh, this isn't going to be like a all serious movie. Don't do that. No one likes that. I didn't like it. No one likes it. It's a terrible way to start the film, and it just puts you like it. It sets. When I saw that in the first moment of the three-hour film that I was dreading, I was like, "This is gonna be a fucking nightmare." <laughs> and then, luckily, I mean, you get a guy getting pissed on like five minutes later. But then we move right. Okay, away from that. I did laugh in that. I, I will say I laughed in the uh, that part of it. With the guy getting pissed on? Yeah. Okay. I did. Got a nice little chuckle out of you. I did. So, what'd you give the score, Ty? Uh, I finished at an eleven. Which is middle of the road. I, I think it was funny. That scene on the soundstage where they tried and fucking record with, you know, sound for the first time. And, like, the head boss walks in. And the one guy sneezes. And then he was like, oh, is this your, you have a metal rod in your leg. Don't move your leg. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're just over and over and over and failing and failing and failing at it. And then the one guy ends up dead after they finally get a good shot. Mm-hmm. Fucking hilarious. Love that. Um, Didn't laugh. The drama and the emotional parts of it, it, it worked for me. I didn't love it, but it worked for me. I liked this. I liked this. There's just too much that they were trying to achieve with that. Yeah, you mentioned that scene, um, the Margot Robbie first, you know, sound scene. I guess the point of it is to kind of start her downfall, you know, because people don't like her voice. Um, side note: Can Margot Robbie only do a Jersey accent? Are we gonna um, get Jersey Barbie? Yeah, probably. <laughs> She's Australian. I don't know. Did she have a jersey? She had to have had a jersey accent. Moneyball. Or no. Oh, God. I just told you my freaking random Rotten Tomato movie. <laughs> <laughs> Pivoting. Um, Wolf of Wall Street, that. right? Did she? Was she jersey in Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. Well, she was like like uh, Staten Island, I feel like. That's close enough. Yeah, they're similar. As someone from the West Coast who really can't hear the difference, I bet anyone from the East Coast who hears that would be pissed off. <laughs> But they sound similar to me. Yeah, I just don't know if she can, like, like do any other – and this isn't, like, have anything to do with the movie. Um, That scene, you said I didn't like that scene. I just didn't find it very funny. Okay. Doesn't mean I didn't like it. I actually thought from a compelling draw-me-in standpoint, that might have been my favorite scene of the film. But I, I wonder – I understand what it was meant to do. It's supposed to start her downfall and everything. But it's almost like she wasn't the problem with that scene. I think I would have made it a little bit more – where she was the problem because it kind of was just like everything else was convoluted, but she actually delivered a good line at the end and everyone's like, Oh great. And then it was like, no one. Well, I think on top of starting her downfall, it was supposed to show like, it's completely like, these are professionals who have done this over and over again and they're all fucking failing miserably at this change and how difficult it's going to be for everyone. Not just Margot Robbie adapting. And that's what we see is it's a completely different industry after that. Mm-hmm. To where what you were once incredible at, you kind of suck at now. And someone who just had to go and do whatever now has to learn lines. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, be on your mark for the microphone and shit and everything. And the guy who used to have his set fucking perfectly ran and yelling at people and zero issues is now 
aggressively struggling to keep things in order and on time. And, and you see that for her character in particular, but then it translates to everyone else. Fair. And while it's the downfall for her and, and Brad Pitt, it's the rise for um, the other two, you know, Brad, not Brad Pitt, uh, Diego. What the fuck's his name? I keep Manny something. Yeah, Manny. And then the trumpet player guy as well. Okay, back to key elements, though, um, now that we've talked about Margot Robbie's Jersey accent. I, if you're telling me this is a comedy drama, I, I just feel like there's there's two, you could do both. Moneyball's a movie that does both, actually. Mm. Um, Great film, by the way. Yeah. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast. Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. I don't know if this movie did both. I just feel like there was parts of this film that were so, and like the reviews, polarizing. Um, poker term. A lot of people use the term polarizing when you polarize your hand. Um, what the fuck's that mean? Uh, it means you bet a certain way, you know, depending on what happens. You either have the absolute nuts, you have the best hand possible, or you have complete air. Oh. It's a 50-50 chance. And you just got to you gotta call the bluff? Yeah. So um, that's polarizing your hand. Sometimes you do it on purpose. Sometimes you're making a call and you realize someone's polarizing. You have a, a hint about what they might have based on what you have. A lot of thought goes into it. Um, but this was like kind of polarizing because there was I felt like there was parts of this movie where it had one kind of theme it wanted to do, but then there was other parts of this movie where it had a different theme, and you had crazy stuff like the first party and orgy and everything that was going on in that, and then the scene where they are with Tobey Maguire and they go to that freaking dungeon and there's the guy eating rats and everything. <laughs> you have like dark kind of chaotic stuff like that that's like Wolf of Wall Street on steroids, um, but then you have like this this love story that I didn't really like, um, but I understood why they did it. And then you try to do some of the comedy and I just think there was too much. They bit off more than they could chew. And I felt like there wasn't a singular thematic element that audiences could really latch onto. Um, I, I respect the, the, the nod to Hollywood and it's a movie about making movies. And I gave it some points for that. And you know, it's shot well, so that gets points. You can't make a movie about Hollywood and have it be shot horribly. And ironically, I gave it the same score for Key Elements that I gave Don't Worry Darling without doing that on purpose. I gave it a six, Ty. Wow. I gave it a six. Almost half as much as me. Yeah, I just – like you ask me what this film's about. If my dad's like, hey, should we watch this? First answer is no. He would not last through this movie. Not a chance. Um, but if he asks me, he's like, what is this film? Maybe not what is it about, but what kind, what kind of film can I expect? I don't know what kind of – I think my only answer would be it's three hours and it's really long and it can be hard to get through. That's not great. <laughs> For your, okay. your elements. That's fair. <laughs> I, it's it's a long movie. I get it. I, it's also kind of funny. 
I enjoyed some <laughs> scenes. I laughed. I think you got the Stuber effect. You got some people laughing in your theater. I don't know, man. I was having a good time. I started off really like I was not going to like this movie. And then the first scene just brought me even farther down than I thought possible. <laughs> and then it just pulled me from the fucking grave. I was dead. I was ready to walk out. <laughs> Without giving away too much, I don't want to take your, your end of podcast thing where you tell the, the listeners what we're doing next week. But when I watched the movie that we're reviewing next week, yeah, um, that was a film. I wasn't getting the theater impact. Like, I was creating the theater impact because I was literally laughing out loud. Like, <laughs> stuff that wasn't even that funny. Um, sometimes a lot of this is what kind of mood you're in. Now, with Babylon, maybe that's not as much as it applies. But maybe if I'm in a little bit more of a peppy mood, I like this a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I think Babylon's long enough that you can change your mood in the middle. Um, I will say, me and Riley, we're in an argument heading into this film. Oh, see, there it is. <laughs> You guys are fighting and you're forced to sit next to each other in silence for three hours. I don't want to bring it back up because it's water under the bridge, but the argument may or may not have been over the fact that I said the movie was at 3.30 and it was at 3.25, and that did not yeah. give her enough time to get ready, that five-minute difference. Yeah. That's – you never know. Some people, you know, that's key five minutes is the last five. For me, I think I get 75% of my getting ready done in the last five minutes. characters tie <laughs> there's two different characters kind of way to break this down for me there's the acting performance and then as always there's kind of the story inside the characters the evolution all that character kind of stuff character development yes i i was like i understand what they did and there was character development i'm not giving a bad score i'm not setting this up to be like a really bad score or anything I just have a feeling you're going to overrate this category a little bit, so I just want to yeah. justify no, we're probably gonna why I didn't give it as high as you did. Um, I think there is the character development. You see the fall of Margot Robbie, or, yeah, the rise and fall. You see kind of the Brad Pitt stuff. But I think, like, I don't know. There was no real character change out of the Margot Robbie character. I don't think there was any change out of Brad Pitt. It was just like Brad Pitt realized life passed him by, and he killed himself. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Margot Robbie was kind of the same person. She tried changing and I, you know, you could say she stayed true to her roots, all that stuff. Great. Um, you know, I think I really enjoyed the main character, the Manny character. I think we saw the most development and growth and everything out of him. Um, and I thought it was acted well. I thought Margot Robbie had a good performance. I don't know if it would be an Oscar winning performance. I thought Brad Pitt had a good performance. Not sure if it'd be an Oscar winning performance. Um, I just was not as sure as. There was that character development, deeper kind of things that I think you're going to tell me there is. I landed at a 14 out of 20, sir. Okay. So, for the character developments, I go to the Brad Pitt character. And I don't think it was just, like, realizing life passes him by and kills himself. I think it's a very subtle, like, he's untouchable, he's on top of the world. And it's, it very quickly changes on him and passes him by. And it's the realization and the struggle of losing his best friend. And then yeah. realizing that, like, hey, I'm on the back end of my fucking career and everything, too. And everything that I love is now past me. And, and that character development, that works well for me. And just, like, uh, you can't handle the fact that he isn't the main attraction anymore. You know what this is? This is, like, the same character arc as uh, Star is Born, another film you like. You love, you love the megastar coming back down to Earth and oh, taking his own life. I fucking do. When the actor's name is Brad. I fucking do a lot. <laughs> You're not wrong. What a great comparison. I, they're both Jack too. I want to say, Jack Conrad, and I think I think Bradley Cooper's character in A Star Is Born is Jack. Well, we found the 
Bradley actors who play a Jack who's a star yeah, and then commit suicide. Maine. Jackson, Maine. Let's fucking go. <laughs> wow. Damon Giselle, so much call him out on that because those are the two same characters, <laughs> different time pieces. Sa- different time and then different industry, but. Same story arc. Yeah. Margot Robbie, I feel like, is a. She's like, I'm a star and nothing but confident. And then she, like, fucking gets there and is nothing but confident. And then everything changes on her. And she's just, like, trying to hold on to the remaining threads of, of what was her very quick ended stardom. And, like, tries everything and it just doesn't fucking work. And then just accepts that and becomes a degenerate fucking gambler and, and drug addict. And to the I don't point think of she becomes that. I well, think she always was that. Self-destructive levels of yeah. that. Because she was playing cards in the first that party yeah well she did coke that was the first scene she was like you know where there's any drugs and manny takes her to the drugs um manny i agree had the best ah i really like brad pick's character <laughs> but manny's is a lot to where he's this green knows nothing about the industry and you see him progress all the way up to the fucking top dog yep. like telling people what to do and everything that Loses works really well for me the performance the performances by all three of them i thoroughly enjoyed um, you get a lot you get a lot of change you get a lot of highs and lows and emotional moments i I landed on a 17 can i say something about margot robbie that might be controversial yeah go for it i think she's a good actress she's wonderful in this and honestly uh 17 is a little bit lower than i thought you'd give it so i'm yeah that was gonna be in like the fucking 1920s yeah okay i say this and i'm i'm admitting ignorance I say this without seeing all of her films. I have not seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Is that movie similar to this? After seeing Babylon, I was like, I feel like I just watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> um, I feel like this has more of a, we start here, we see the change, we see how it affects them. Whereas Once Upon a Time in Hollywood really is just like a, let's spend two weeks with these dudes. Okay. More than two weeks. It's less story, more hanging out character moments. I haven't seen all her films. Okay. Most notably, I think Bombshell might be the one that breaks down my argument the most. I feel like she gets a little bit typecasted. I feel like all of the characters I've seen her play are just different levels of almost like the quirky, crazy, you know. And there's the the high quirky crazy of Harley Quinn. There's a movie like this where she's a drug addict and, you know, and she's got that quirky craziness. The Suicide Squad, obviously the same character. Birds of Prey, same character. Um, um, there's another uh, – even Wolf of Wall Street, you know, she's a little – She's the more collected model and then she freaks so. the fuck out on her husband a couple of times, but that's reasonable. I, I just I, – I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with being typecast. I mean The Rock has made a career out of it. I would like to see her in, like, Barbie. I already know she's going to be, like, she's going to take Barbie and it's going to be a little extra quirky and everything. There's nothing wrong with that. Amsterdam, the movie we just reviewed here recently. She was, you know, quirky, different, everything. I want to see her, and again, Bombshell might be this, so I might need to watch it. I want to see her in, like, a, a serious, serious role. I think I, Tanya is also a serious, no, it's comedy. Didn't realize it's comedy. Biography, comedy, drama. But I think Itonio is like another very good performance out of her that I haven't seen. She's a good actress. Don't get me wrong. I'm not getting on the Gal Gadot argument you have, which I agree with. Bad actress. <laughs> um, I'm not saying she's overrated. I'm not saying any of that. But I've noticed a she's trend a female Ryan Reynolds. in the role she gets cast. But like a better Ryan Reynolds. Oh. Like Ryan Reynolds doesn't get make Oscar-worthy movies. No. You know, she, she has made some. Um, I would like to see her play like a serious – 
like Lady Gaga in A Star Star is Born. Born. Something like that. I would like to see Margot Robbie do. And that is my my Margot Robbie request. Maybe it'll be Asteroid City, TBA 2023. Fuck yeah. Okay. (laughs) Romantic comedy drama film. Romantic comedy again, though. Written, produced by Wes Anderson. Riley loves Wes Anderson. I've never seen a Wes Anderson movie. Wow. Wow. Let me read you the top five on this film. Fire away. What? There's some big names at the bottom, too. Oh, mm. oh well, it's in a different order on the left, because I get this order on the left is probably by who's the main character. Um, I'll start you with uh, Tilda Swinton. I know her. Adrian Brody. I can't say it. <laughs> I heard yeah, the I name, don't, don't know the face. But then we're talking about, here, I'll read you. Tom Hanks, Steve Carell, Margot Robbie, Scarlett Johansson, Ed Norton, Jeff Goldblum, Lee Schreiber, who's the guy who does the Hard Knocks I voice. Oh, um, I didn't know. I know Lee Schreiber. <laughs> I didn't know he did that. Rita Wilson, Brian Cranston, Willem Dafoe, all in this film, according to Wikipedia. Brian Cranston's stock at an all-time high for me just finished Breaking Bad. Incredible series. Never watched a minute of it. Incredible series. The best episode, like 10 out of 10, like highest rated episode of all time is a Breaking Bad episode directed by Ryan Johnson. Really? Yeah. That's the Glass Onion director for those who don't know. Um, That's an incredible cast list. I'm excited now. Maybe that'll be Margot Robbie's breakout performance that she needs. Or she'll just be a comedic side character because there's so many main characters. The premise is, in 1955, students and parents from across the country gather for scholarly, scholarly competition, rest recreation, comedy, drama, and romance at a junior stargazer convention held in, an, in a fictional American desert town. It's a limited release June 16, 2023, before opening wide on June 23rd. So there we go. Okay. That's, a, that's definitely going to be a comedic role. You're not going to see anything different that be, you haven't already seen. It's going to be a film we review. For sure. I'll put it on the schedule right now. It's my birthday week. <laughs> Enjoyment, Ty. I know this is a lot higher for you. It was a slog to get through. I appreciate it. Um, but if I'm going off of do I want to rewatch this again, do I'm going to recommend it? Like, I appreciate some of the things, but I still walked away like kind of wishing I didn't see it. <laughs> I gave it a 6 out of 20. Doesn't fall into my bottom category. You know what? I'll give it a bump to a 7. You know, because I, I feel like it gets a little bit more respect. But that's the highest I'm willing to go. 7 out of 20. Seven out, that's a bad score. Even with the bump, it's still not good. <laughs> um, yeah, look, man, I I had a good time with this movie, but I can re- accept that like my good time is more so respecting it than thinking it was like a blast to watch. Like there is points where I'm like, it, this is it's still going. Yeah, like, it does feel longer than Avatar, hundred um, percent. I can't say I would recommend it to anyone. It's a very select type of person that I would yeah. recommend it to. Yeah, but. I did enjoy it. It did hit me. I did laugh. I felt emotional. Made me want to get into the film industry even more. You do want to get into the film movie, industry, Ty. With our fucking murder mystery. Manny, just follow Manny's path. That's what I'm thinking. I just got to show up on set and just like, whatever you guys need, I'll steal a fucking camera. That's and what, an ambulance. I, I don't know if you heard this story from Mr. Brown in high school, but I remember him telling us a story of one of his old students from like a decade ago or whatever. Maybe not that long. I don't think he's that old, but wrote him a, a letter pretty much saying like, I went into the industry. I showed up at some production. I was like, I'll do anything you want. Some lower production. He literally was like grabbing coffees, doing like stuff like that. And now he was like the head of uh, one of like the, the camera equipment or whatever. Like he was like one of the head guys, like helping with the camera equipment and all that stuff. 
fuck yeah. Like, just worked his way up. I love that. Love that for that guy. That's what, what I got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Or just sh- we'll write screenplays. Yeah. That too. I'm going to write a book. And we'll turn it into a screenplay. I'm going to write a screenplay, turn it into a book. <laughs> How many times has that been done? <laughs> been adapted for a novel? <laughs> I finished with a 15 out of 20. I liked Jeez. this movie. I, I enjoyed this watch. I was going in so negative, and I came out so much higher than I could have expected. Uh, I had fun with it. I enjoyed the the emotional moments. I I enjoyed the chaotic level of scenes. I know one shots go into cinematography, but they also go into enjoyment for me, so that gets a little <laughs> bit of love there. I finished, Jay, with a final score of 76 out of 100, which is probably this is going to be – what's our biggest gap? Is it Eternals? No, I think it's uh, the Northman's a 23 gap. Hubie Halloween is up there. Tomorrow War is a 34 underrated gap. <sighs> Tomorrow War sucked. That's a fun fucking movie. What'd you give it? What's your final score, Jay? I gave it the same score as Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> no. 54 out of 100. No. It's for a me, 22 point difference. For me, it's below the line. Above the line for me, and we finished right around the Rotten Tomato score of a 50%. It is not above the line for you. It's within the lines for you. It's within the lines for me. Get it right. It's also just within the lines because you held it up so much, it finished with a 65, right on which the is test, the baby. lowest possible score to get a within the lines, which is just perfect and not planned at all. Uh, me bumping my enjoyment at the end might have seemed like it was planned. It was not planned at all. No? The movie that has a, a pure 50%, I think it was, on Rotten Tomatoes, it might have been 55, 55, a 50 audience. Yeah. You either love it or you hate it. I didn't really hate it. I don't think you like loved it, loved it. But we we said it's polarizing. It was polarizing for us, and it landed right on the the within the lines line. Where technically, as a unit, we would have to give this a fresh, but we're split on it. But you fucking you sneeze in the wrong spot, and it drops half a point. Yeah, and it's below the line. It's right where it probably should be collectively. Babylon, what a film tie! It's at the likes of Cherry. I forgot all about that movie. Forget that that movie exists. Russo Bro, a uh, banger. You gave it a fifty-eight, and you called it a banger. <laughs> Not a good movie. Uh, Kate Stuber, yep, came up in this pod. Jungle Cruise, The Witches, Space Jam: A New Legacy. That movie is probably higher than it should be. Upon Space Jam: A New Legacy. Yeah, we gave it identical sixty-sixes out of a hundred, so we were both. One of us changes, the other one has to. We have so many movies in like this 66 to we have two. 67 range. The Witches, we also gave identical 66s. <laughs> Just look how many movies we have between 66 and 68. It's like 15 movies, 10 movies, I don't know, something like that. It's a, look man, this is a middle of the road pack. And a lot of movies are just, they end up being middle of the road. Fair enough. Uh, random Rot Tomato Movie Review tie. What's going to be Moneyball? Yeah. What was the review for that? You still got that review pulled up? No, I deleted it out of anger. Oh, uh, okay. It was something about Brad Pitt. It was Brad Pitt was going to be your hand. That's a Brad Pitt film. Um, and this is still a Brad Pitt film. God, I w- I'm actually in a great mindset for like random Brad Pitt movies right now. I could have rattled off a bunch. Quote, so many. Bullet train. This is from Elvis Mitchell of the New York Times, top critic. One. Fresh review. Quote, for those not so taken... For those not so taken by the star power, this new, I don't know why it's this new, but this new blank is the equivalent 
of a domineering team you can't stand that enters the Super Bowl. Even if you don't like the players, the odds are so good that it's tough to bet against them. Wow. Pretty much saying even if you're not appreciating the star power, you're not like taking to the star power, you're not like, oh, let me go see this because of star power. The star power is so domineering. And you don't like them, but it, you can't bet against the star power. Is what you this just can't ignore the fact that there's talent on screen. Yeah, don't you be looking up uh, Brad Pitt movies either, please. Not at all. Oh, is this another Brad Pitt movie? I told you, yeah. Oh. Were you looking at Brad Pitt movies? Not at all, but okay. I said I could rattle them off, and then I stopped as a joke because I thought you were pivoting. Um, I said Bullet Train. Bullet Train, stacked fucking cast. Even if you don't like Aaron Tyler Johnson, who could be the new uh, James, James Bond. Bond. That broke today. Stacked cast, Bad Bunny. Other people. Um, you go back to like a fight club. Fight club has him, Edward Norton. I don't know anyone else never who's seen in that fight movie. Club. Seen it like once. It's one of those movies I haven't seen, but I know like the big twist at the end, so I'm just never going to see it. Okay. Um, I think we've been talking. I, I don't. I guess Murder Mystery isn't the same as a heist movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going Final Guess, Ocean's. Oh, fuck. Which one's he in? There's Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's 8. It's 8 or 11. I think 8's the shitty Sandra Bullock one. Ocean's 11, final guess. There's also Ocean's 12 and Ocean's 13. No, so. but I knew it wasn't going to be those. Ocean's 8 is not shitty. Is the Sandra a Bullock one? Film. No, that's a bad one, I think. No, it's I've good. never seen it, so I can't comment. You, how are you calling it shitty if you've never seen it? Everyone says it's shitty. No, it has good reviews. It has a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's so mediocre. That's good. What does it got? Audience. 45 audience. Bleh. That's probably a bunch of guys that are like, give me more Brad Pitt and Ocean's Eleven. Why did they turn a, a great movie into a female movie? Something yeah. stupid like that. M-she-you. <laughs> um, I watched all the Ocean's movies. I'd seen Ocean's 8 in the theaters. Never seen the Ocean's 11 through 13. Uh, my parents wa- loved them growing up. And uh, I, I think that's when I got Maurice. It was either that or when I had COVID. No, it wasn't when I had COVID. So it's when I got Maurice. Uh, I watched them all in the period of like two days. Like watched. Good fucking movies. 11 and 12 back to back and then 13 Real. the next day. Real good fucking Don't remember movies. 13 that much. I'll be honest. I think I fell asleep. I think I've watched Ocean's 11 and maybe Ocean's 12. I don't think I ever made it 13. 13 like different because 12 is almost like another Vegas heist, isn't it? I don't really remember this one either. I mostly remember 11. Well, the film was Ocean's 13, Ty. No, it wasn't. You fucking liar. <sighs> that review from Elvis Mitchell, the New York Times, written on December 6, 2001, was Ocean's 11. I told you I was in a great fucking mind space for Brad Pitt films. I told you I was going to think of all of them. It didn't matter. I was going to fucking nail that. Maybe that was too easy. Maybe I should have stayed with my Moneyball one. No, you had to pivot, and I still fucking caught on to your pivot. The pivot is what killed it. I don't think that counts. George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Julia Roberts, Bernie Mac, Casey Affleck, other people that aren't listed here. This sucks. This is a terrible cast list. There's way more good people in this. Got the got War Machine, Don Cheadle. <laughs> War Machine. Um, I'm trying to find the first review I had. God, that felt good. That felt real good. I can say it now. The Pinocchio podcast hasn't been released. Um, I didn't get it there, so this is my actual first time. Spoiler alert. Yeah. 
Thanks for spoiling that, Ty. Yeah. Um, I feel good right now. I feel real good. I'm I'm kind of pissed. What else? What am I gonna do now? Um, you can just keep it going. I like I like trying to guess this. Let me see if I can go well, two for two. I gotta two. find another spin now. Make it a not so score. make it a not so random, and then actually make it random because your random was never random. I'll I'll find a, I'll find a new. Okay. I I actually. I I I'm already thinking of something right now. Um, the original Moneyball review was quote Pitt. Quote, Pitt takes one of the least showy roles of his career and turns it into one of his best. That's Moneyball. I think I would have got Moneyball out of that. You say that now. No, I think because it's such a subtle role, but it's so good. <laughs> and, like, you look at all the other ones. Like, Fight Club's definitely showy. Bullet Train's very casual, but whatever. Um, oh, no, I definitely I'm, – I'm wrong. I would have done Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Really? I haven't yeah. seen it, so. It's very – he's very laid-back, former – like stunt double kind of guy, but he's pretty chill. Hmm. But then everyone loved it. Inglorious Bastards. I would have got that wrong. Still want to see that. Uh, like top five movie all time for me. Really? Yeah. All time? Yeah. Of your whole life? Yeah. You've never talked about it like that. Why have we never reviewed it on the podcast? Just the more that I've sat and thought about that film, it's so fucking good. Well, maybe we need to do a scale. It's incredible. Just for the scale's sake, two and a half hours. That's not too long. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. Who knows? Very good. Um, what do we got next week, Ty? I'm a little just discouraged now. But what do I'm we got sorry. Next week? I'm, I was fucking locked in on Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt movies. <laughs> you weren't going to get around me here. Um, next week, Jay, we're reviewing. Um, look, we weren't going to do it. The people spoke. It made the cut. Puss in Boots. I've already seen it. Puss in Boots. Can you please tell me what comes after the colon? The Last Wish. The Last Wish. The... Believe it or not, second installment in the franchise that I thought was the third. <laughs> and have obviously said was the third on this podcast multiple times. Currently sitting at a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Everyone is loving it. Mm-hmm. It's the last wish. This is the last thing that he has. Um, we were going to review Megan. I might go see it again. Decided to go see it. Uh, Saturday. Oh, I'm actually busy Saturday. I feel like you made that up. I feel like you were nope. You I'm actually, said that uh, just top so golfing at Dodger it. Stadium. Oh, that's pretty sick. Yeah, we were gonna review Megan, the horror mystery th- thriller that currently has a 98 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, do we have to pivot? No, this movie looks stupid. I don't care. I don't want to watch it. How does it have a 98 percent? I watched the trailer, and like, that's one of the most shocking scores. I've ever seen. It's like the first 45 reviews, and it's probably people who like horror movies. I feel like it's going to come back down to earth being like the 80s. Best case scenario finishes in the 80s. I don't know. But Puss in Boots next week. Go watch it. Um, we'll, probably, we'll probably start throwing in some Oscar movies after that. Because there's some reviews, or there's some movies coming out that are like, I'll say it, it's A Man Called Otto. Man Called Auto is on the schedule. Did you see the trailer for that film? Yeah, I cried. In the trailer. You're joking. No. Tom Cruise. Not Tom Cruise. I apologize. Um, what the fuck's his last name? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks can't act anymore. Really? Because on that best actor thing I was telling you about, he was number five. Can't act anymore. For best actor favorites for this film. He can't. No, it's so bad. His performance seems so bad. He's trying so hard to be a dick. 
Maybe we need to go see it and find oh, out. Oh, God. I didn't want to do this because I thought that I was just going to write that movie off. Chalk it up as an L. What was it called again? A Man Called Otto. Odo. Otto. I think we got to see it, Ty. Sorry. No fucking way. But is that like a, it's a favorite until it actually comes out and they're like, oh, just kidding. Tom Hanks can't act anymore. Geppetto-ass fucking terrible wine delivery. When he got that cat, I cried. I ain't going to lie. In the, in the trailer. No. Okay, well, maybe we're watching that, and then we'll pivot to Oscar movies. Banshees of Ed Sheeran is the first one I want to watch. Can't wait for that. It's on HBO Max. Love me some Colin Farrell. I might watch it tonight. Best part about... It's the second movie I said I might watch tonight. Artemis Fowl. Colin Farrell. <laughs> oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. That's all I got, Jay. Got anything else? Nope, sir. I'm excited to hear your review on Puss in Boots. I wish I could go see it again with you. That's how much I liked it. I shit on it. I shit on the previews. I thought it was bad. In my defense, I thought there was a second one no one knew about. I didn't know this was a continuation. <laughs> so you don't have to see the first one. I'll tell you that. As long as you know who Puss in Boots is, you can go see this film. I haven't seen the Puss in Boots movie. I've seen Shrek. Yeah. I love That's Shrek. all you need, though? Your wife loves Shrek. She's going to love this film. I love Shrek. Why are you skipping over me? I didn't know how you felt about Shrek. I'll be honest. I love Shrek. I thought you might have been indifferent. That was my that was my go-to movie as a child. I just watched Shrek on repeat. We talked about this. We probably did. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.